question that brought you here. Are you satisfied with what life throws at you without ever asking why? Because I'm not. I mean, if you're content talking endlessly about the same recycled subjects over and over, just go to another podcast, because this is a new platform for my friends, clients, and anyone who wants to hang around a virtual campfire and discuss questions you've always had, but never dared to ask. My name is Rich Nisbet. Welcome to It's the Question. And I'm giving you a long, long look Every day, every day, every day Every day I write the book No, that was not Elvis Costello. That was me singing. Because you know what? I did write the book, and it just came out on Amazon. I am so jazzed about this. You guys got to get it. Read it. Because you know what? How many times in your life has somebody told you that someone close to them was dying? And all you could say was, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'll pray for them. Oh, is there anything I can do to help? If you do read the book, now you can say to them, I know what you can do to help them. No, for real. The book is called When It's Time. It's steps that you can use to help someone at the end of life die with peace and dignity while providing guidance and reassurance to everyone else around that scene. And believe me, everybody needs help during that type of situation. All right, welcome to podcast number eight of It's the Question. I'll spend some more time going over how the book came about and kind of some of the details behind it. And also, we're going to go over the answers to the question in the last episode. Remember the question was, if you're standing in front of an all-knowing being and you were only allowed one question, what's the one question you would ask that all-knowing being? We got some amazing answers on that one and I'll go over them with you. So let's talk about the book. The book is a little over 200 pages It's got about 30 different steps that you can uh, utilize to help the dying person and also the loved ones around him or her. And you're going to find that when you read these steps, you're going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm, yeah, I could see how that would help and make things better. There are a bunch of common sense steps, but when you're in a traumatic situation where there's lots of loss and lots of emotions and people's feelings are going through the roof, it's really hard to find common sense. These steps have been used by people from all walks of life on all different types of situations where someone was dying. And I swear, if you just did one of these steps on a loved one, it would help more than you can imagine. All right, here's the story and how it started. I've been a counselor and a coach for a bazillion years, and about 18 years ago, one of my clients 
asked me what he could do for his dying grandmother. He told me she was terminally ill in the hospital for the last few weeks, just not doing well at all, and he really wanted to help her. So I said, well, let me think about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. I went home that night, and I started listing out what I thought a dying person might be going through. And the list was something like this. They'd have loss, loss of friends, loss of family, loss of possessions, loss of all the identities and roles they'd played in this life. Uh, They'd probably have tons of fear and anxiety because of the unknown, what's going to happen. Is it going to be blackness? Is it going to be a void of nothing? Am I going to go to a heaven or am I going to be stuck somewhere or am I going to be even aware of myself? You know, there'll be uh, pains, sensations, numbnesses, uh, the effects of operations that they'd had, uh, all the painkillers or chemo or whatever other medications had been administered. They'd be worried about what's going to happen to everybody else when they're gone. They may have regrets. They may have attention on things that are unfinished that they want to let people know. Maybe feelings of guilt and a few other fear-based aspects that would just prevent them from letting go. So, I looked over this list, and guess what? Everything on that list, people experience in normal life. Losses, fear of the unknown, communication difficulties, attention on problems, feelings of guilt and regret, concern about their loved ones. I don't know. It just went on and I looked at that. I was amazed and I thought, wow, well, I've helped people through a lot of these things. And I had these certain tools and certain processes and questions that I would use to help them overcome loss and sort out fear-based self-imposed conditions. And of course, uh, death would probably really heighten all these things. But still, I had helped others through it. So I thought, well, I'm going to apply this to my client's grandma. So I wrote down about six or seven steps that I had used myself on people who were not dying. And the next morning, I gave him the list. Well, in the book, I detail what happened. But I'll just tell you right here. He, uh, he went in the room. And there she was, her tongue was out of her mouth. She couldn't talk, her skin was purple, she was writhing in pain and anxiety. And within about an hour and a half of doing about three or four of these steps, it all turned around. She could start talking again, her tongue went back in her mouth, her skin returned to the normal color, the nurse couldn't believe it. Uh, My client and his mother spent a few hours with good communication with his grandma, and she passed away peacefully that very evening. Now, my client was thanking me profusely. He was so ecstatic that he could help his grandma come out of all that anxiety and pain and be able to have a nice conversation and send her off and end this chapter of this life in a dignified manner. He was so grateful. And I kind of thought, wow, this is awesome but maybe it's just a fluke or a one-time thing. Nope. He told a bunch of people, and pretty soon I started getting calls from all over the place. And I would 
give those same steps to people. I came up with some new ones and refined them. And pretty soon it was evident that, yeah, these steps are very effective at helping a person pass away peacefully. Now, the information in this book is for anyone of any faith, denomination, spiritual belief, or, you know, just plain human. And I want to let you know one other byproduct. The subject of death is the other side of life, right? So learning how to help someone else pass away peacefully will transfer to a a deeper awareness of yourself and your own existence now. I mean, I have seen time and time again when you can remove the fear and the anxiety about dying from a person, they hit a point of acceptance and they become almost zen-like or in a serenity state where they have an overview of life and they give advice and they tell you their regrets and how they would have done it differently. And it's a wealth of knowledge and I've included some of that advice at the end of this book. We often get caught in our little boxes of worry, don't we? And these people have a great insight to what's really important. I just want to point out a couple more things about this whole subject. It's a freak out for people. Death is a really scary thing. However, somebody who is dying is still living, right? So they are so appreciative of somebody who has got it together around that scene, who can actually help them for what they are concerned about and will put some order into the environment. Another factor is that people are afraid of bringing up the obvious, which then puts more stress on the person at the end of life because everybody's thinking things, but nobody's talking about it. I'll give you an example. One step in the book goes over the fact that periodically everybody should leave the room because the dying person might want to let go, but is concerned to have people there staring at him or her, right? Now, I had a conversation recently with a really good friend of mine whose sister was at the end of life, and he was telling me about it. And I told him about that chapter, Leave the Room. Well, apparently, he did bring it up with his sister, but he did it in a different way. He said, listen, I was told that I should leave the room periodically so that you could just let go and die in peace. But I'm telling you, I'm going to get some pizza. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stay with you until the end because I just can't imagine me leaving. She started laughing. It was obviously something that was on her mind and her brother just bringing it up, at least just acknowledged the fact that they were both aware of that. And later that day, she passed away peacefully. That's just one of the 30 steps in this book. You see how powerful those simple steps are and how easy it is to bring up? So get the book, read it, let me know what you think. It's on Amazon, and it's also online at Barnes & Noble. Just type in Rich Nisbet when it's time. Let me know what you think after you read it, and if you apply it, for sure let me know the outcomes. That's one thing I live for is hearing people's success with helping a loved one. All right, let's go over the answers that came in to the question in the last podcast. 
if there was an all-knowing spiritual entity standing in front of you right now and you were allowed to ask it only one question, what question would you ask? Now, it seems like the subject matter of the book and the answers to this question kind of tie in because a lot of people would ask the question, what is it like in the afterlife? Then there were other questions that people would ask, like, uh, does an alternate humanity exist? What is the essence of love? Why must we suffer so? Will we be together again? Is there more than one universe? Uh, Here's a really funny one. (laughs) The person said, I would ask an all-knowing being, hey, all-knowing being, how you doing? Come on, for real, be honest. And (laughs) can you imagine you're up in the clouds of heaven and you're walking along and there's God standing before you, this big old huge presence, and he says, what question do you have for me? And you say, yeah, how you doing? Like, really, how you doing? Now, I just imagine God would say something like, well, uh, if you want an honest answer, uh, since I know everything in the universe and there's really no challenge with anything at all, I'm actually quite bored. My main excitement comes from watching you guys. You see, I got to keep you all from knowing everything so you don't become boring too. Maybe it's the question that keeps us all going. How about that? However, the majority of the questions you guys would ask are along the lines of this. Here's one. What is the purpose of people being here? How can we bring this world together with love? How do we best define and evoke kindness in everyone? How can I best serve this existence? How do we better see and feel beyond ourselves and live more in this universal moment? And finally, what are the exact actions we need to take to keep this ball floating and get everyone on it free? Do you see the theme here? The majority of questions were along the lines of how can I best serve in this existence? And if I could be so bold as to answer that question, it looks like the answer would be learn how to help somebody and then help them. In fact, that will be the theme of podcast number nine coming up. All right, guys. So here's the question for the next podcast. Write in all the details and circumstances around the answer to this question. Can you recall a time when you helped somebody successfully? Hey, thank you very much for being part of this. Email your replies and your stories to answers at itsthequestion.com.